1: I'm Chris, and, and welcome, welcome to, to The s- Most Haunted s- City <laughs> on
0: Earth. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another mini episode of The Most Haunted City on Earth. My name is Madison Timmons.
2: I'm Chris Susie. And I'm JT Timmons.
0: And today we are going to read a couple of stories that were sent in by fans. Uh, so we created that really awesome email called Ghost Mail. So welcome to our series called Ghost mail. Ghost Woo-hoo. mail. Ghost mail. Yes. Um, so if you have a ghost story and you would like to share it with us, please send it to ghostmail at haunted, hauntedcitypodcast.com. We've d- done a lot of episodes today. Also, excuse my mouth, literally <laughs> just not. Falling off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have a few that we're going to go through. Um, so thank you to those who did send us your story. And if we did not get to it, don't worry. We will do more of these, so with that jt yeah for sure oh also real quick um a little announcement don't forget we are doing a break starting on december 17th so if uh you are not caught up on all our episodes that's a lot of them so i'm assuming that you're not caught up if you are not go ahead and take that time to one spend time If you're it's fi- 65
2: episodes
0: right Yeah,
2: sixty-five episodes. I know it's crazy. Good gobbledygook.
1: Yes,
0: yes. So take the holidays, you know, to obviously spend time with your loved ones, but listen to ghost stories and
1: catch up, which is a holiday tradition.
0: Woohoo! Yes. Bring in the new year and the Christmas season or Hanukkah or Yule, whichever you choose to, or none of them, you know, just the winter, you know, cold season. Bring in the winter. Bring in the winter (laughs) with ghosts.
2: All right, here we go. The first story is from Steve Huber. Okay. All right, here we go. Okay, JT, Madison, and Chris, here's my creepy story, which happened in a haunted hotel. It was the St. James Hotel in Cimarron, oh. New Mexico, a place where 27 murders happened during the days Good of the Wild God. West. The St. James, James is located on the Old Santa Fe Trail. If you were heading to the gold fields in Arizona or California, this was a favorite stage shop along the way. Almost every famous lawman or outlaw stayed there at one time or another. The registry books are preserved so they know which character stayed in which rooms, and the rooms are named accordingly. This sounds like a really dope hotel. I
0: really want to go here. Wow.
2: My wife and I stayed in the Wyatt Earp's room. Since I was not much of a believer in the paranormal at the time, I was not surprised that the evening and... I was not surprised that the evening and the night came and went with no strange events that I was aware of. In the morning, we got up, dressed, and prepared to leave the room like any other day on our vacation. There were two beds in the room, and since we, were, uh, since we only used one of them, I remember running my hand across the bedspread of the other bed to flatten it out, just so the maid would be sure to know she didn't need to remake that one. Nice guy.
0: Yeah. Consider it.
2: Consider it. (laughs) Yes. We gathered our suitcases out in the hall. I had the room key in my hand and made sure the door was locked behind me as we headed down the red carpeted staircase to the checkout counter. But just as we approached the counter, I remembered that there was a brochure up in the room about a local attraction that I was interested in, and I had forgotten to grab it on the way out. I excused myself for a second, ran back up the stairs, and used the key to let myself back in. Once inside, I went right to the nightstand, picked up the brochure, and then headed to the door. That was when my eye quickly scanned the room one last time, and I saw it. The second bed, on which I had intentionally flattened out uh, out the bedspread just moments before, the bedspread was no longer flat. In the center of the bed, it looked like someone had pinched the spread and pulled up leaving a single tall point standing there three or four inches high right in the middle of the bed.
0: This is a weird flex from the ghost. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I looked around and of course there was no one else that I could see. I had only been gone for the, uh, from the room for a moment and had locked the door myself and then had let myself back in. It's a famously haunted place, so there was no reason to sound any alarms. I went back down the stairs to check out, and have been a believer in the paranormal ever since. Steve Marble Marble Falls, Texas. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's a great story, though. Awesome.
2: And
1: that's a that's a location on our checklist. I actually All think right. I am familiar with this hotel. Uh, Probably from a ghost hunting television show. I used to watch all of them. Yeah, at one time or another. Um, but that's amazing. That's mm-hmm. that's that's solid. That's cool.
0: I can just only imagine the ghost, like you know, saying to itself, like, "Oh, they couldn't have bought better sheets. Like, they, <laughs> <laughs> like the thread count is horrible. <laughs> like, that's just what I imagine. Because I'm like, why would a ghost? I, maybe this is just me thinking too much into things. But I'm like, why would a ghost pinch and pull up a sheet like that? Like, that's so specific. Like, it's like trying to, like, lift the covers off or something. It's it like, might have
1: been just in pure defiance of him smoothing it out. Oh, I think yeah. that's you know, just, exactly just, What a it. brat. Just, just, yeah. I'm like, just being antagonistic to a person who's like, I'm going to smooth this out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm like, what are you? Love that. Three? Or, or, or maybe
1: the ghost has a crush on the uh, the housekeeper and just wants them to be in there a little longer.
0: (laughs) I'd be like, you're rude. You're not paying her bills.
1: So therefore,
0: (laughs) you don't get to mess up that bed. (laughs) See, I have a very different relationship with ghosts, and I will be like, that's annoying. That's
1: really (laughs) annoying. 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 (laughs) You're
0: being annoying. (laughs) So
1: To the, to the uh, people who don't have a lot of experience, it's like, this is amazing. And to Madison, it's like, that is annoying.
0: I'm like, this poor, poor maid. The poor maid is now going to have to make this bed because the ghost is like. <laughs> 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 like but it was a really cool experience. So, and also, you know, it's a good point to make that, you know. Ghost experiences aren't always something in the corner of your room or something jumping out and being like oogity boogity. You That's know, very true. it's <laughs> like sometimes it is simply things of that nature where you're just like that is bizarre. And like
1: how well pronounced a moment is that you know that that too is is worth noting. Is mm-hmm. this is something that you have so much uh, assurance that it could be nothing other than. You know, that's that's a perfectly built ghost story without having to be oogity right. boogity or, Absolutely. you know, blood dripping on you from the ceiling or anything like that. And by and large, I would imagine most ghost exchanges go this way and a lot of them probably go unnoticed. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times have you, like, grabbed a cereal box and you're like, oh, the top is open.
2: Eh, eh. Right. <laughs> I'm going to ask Steve if he took a photo of it. because It that doesn't would be, sound like he it, did. Yeah. Not, but, I mean, he may yeah. have.
1: Yeah, yeah for but sure. really, uh, a good question for Stephen is, uh, what has this led you to? Right? Have you have you have you done more haunted things since then? Have you yeah. gone to those haunted attractions? Have you looked up, you know, ghosts in your area? Well, he listens and, to us, right? <laughs> well, and, well, he listens to us, so that's a good start. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's just like you know, I, what I can't get past is that all those people were murdered in this hotel, yeah, and that's not Seven. like, and that's well, not the the key point the here. The
1: Wild West. People forget, for all the stories of the Wild West, the Wild West, uh, it was a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. All the people that you've ever heard about dying in the Wild West, it was only like five solid years, you know, and that compounds because it was a lawless time. It was a time when, you know, the faster you were on the draw, the better you were. Um, And you didn't live long. You know, you take Billy the Kid as a perfect example. Yeah, sure. I think he was responsible for probably 27 deaths all on his own. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, just going around <laughs> shooting people. Uh, but he also died very young. So, you know, that the way that the stories come about is there was a time when people settled all disputes yeah. by shooting each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that that probably has a lot to do with it. But that's uh, supposing that all 27 happened during the Wild West. It's possible that it's just simply from the mid-1800s to present day people have been murdered in this hotel so um well i mean put that on the travel brochure right (laughs) i know i
0: mean even when you compare it to the cecil hotel you know like that's anytime you have a place that's gonna that's been the final uh i should say like the final moments of a person's life that's where they were you're gonna have some bizarre activity sure absolutely and i i'm I wouldn't be surprised to hear that there's even crazier things that have happened in that hotel paranormally because look at like the Cecil hotel with that woman who like ended up in the water tank or whatever. That's so bizarre. You know, I wouldn't be surprised that things like that also happen in a place like this, you know, when you have that many. Especially when
1: you start talking about how, how small uh, a place this is because it's small enough for us to not really recognize the name of the town off the top of our head. You know, it's, 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 it's obviously small enough to, uh, to suggest that the concentration, you know, just like per capita, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah.
0: a lot of murder.
2: For sure. But All right. We are moving on to another story that, uh, thank you, Steve, by the way. That was an awesome story. It we, was. We, I forgot to, to, to cap that. Um, Dylan Cassell sent in a story. Hey, it's Dylan with my story within like in like a like a smiley face. All right. So let me start from the beginning. I grew up in a town in central Indiana when I was about 13 or 14. My dad got a job and moved the family to Brussels, Belgium. That sounds fun. Yeah, that does sound fun. Naturally, Europe has a much older history than the United States. And with it, I'm going to go ahead and say a lot of hauntings. After a week-long trip to find a house, my mom, dad, and I packed our bags, headed across the ocean, and settled into a house that was built in the mid-1800s. We had three stories as well as a basement, and I was ecstatic to have an entire story to myself, the attic essentially. I did notice the room I chose was consistently much colder than the rest of the house, Which made no sense to me, uh, seeing as the radiator felt extremely hot, and I thought heat was supposed to rise, but but I didn't think about it, and I would just layer up and deal with it. After a little bit of time, I started waking up the middle of the night paralyzed, seeing a dark figure standing in the corner of the room staring in my direction. This actually wasn't the first or scariest time I had experienced this, and I was very skeptical to call it supernatural. The first time I had sleep paralysis was literally seven days after I had watched The Ring as an 11-year-old.
0: Oh, honey. (laughs) Goodness
2: (laughs) gracious. And And the hallucination that accompanied that night was a of Samara climbing out of the freaking TV and crawling up to my face allowing me to accept imminent death only to wake up out of it extremely spooked and not knowing what to make of it. But this time the figure just stared at me. It looked like it was wearing a robe with the hood pulled over its head. And it happened every single night. This really isn't an exaggeration. It happened without fail every night I slept in that room. And whenever I would sleep sleep in the guest room or hijack my sister's room because she was in college... I didn't have the sleep paralysis and slept through the night.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Over time, it seemed like these episodes became stronger and lasted longer. I figured out that I could move my head back and forth if I really focused and used all my effort and this normally broke the paralysis. All right, that's a good tip. Right. (laughs) However, after time, I would break myself out of it and I would almost feel something drag me back down. When this began to happen, it terrified me and I would close my eyes. With my eyes closed, it would feel like something was throwing me all over the room and then it would slam me back down on my bed and I would shoot up awake. Just feeling it still looking at me from the corner of the room. That's frightening. That's uh, (laughs) (laughs) very scary. Okay. Uh, This continued for years and it was always the same except for one night. One night, like normal, I was experiencing an episode of sleep paralysis, but instead of staying in the corner of my room where it normally watched me, it began approaching me. My heart was racing. It had never actually moved closer to me, even though sometimes it did feel like I was being thrown around the room. As it got right next to me, it transformed into a classmate I found attractive and literally, I am not joking, Yeah, got on top of me and made me orgasm. As soon as I did, I broke out of the paralysis and realized that yeah, I really think I just that just happened, and I really did think the ghost had a
1: succubus straight up.
2: I really did think a ghost had done that, and I thought after that maybe it got what it was looking for and was done with me. But no, we ended up living in that house for close to five years, and the episodes continued until my dad moved. Our family to the U.S. Um, to the U.S. to Tennessee, of all places. Once out of that house, I no longer experienced those episodes, and I never saw that cloak figure again. However, in my ne- in the next room, I did wake up one night with full range of motion, no sleep paralysis, staring at a translucent, uh, translucent, bluish-gray older man. Oh, God, St- <laughs> standing in the corner of my room, staring out the window. I pinched myself, slapped myself, rubbed my eyes. Yes, did everything to try and figure out uh, if I was in fact seeing what I was looking at correctly. And sure enough, no matter what I did, I was looking through a man in the corner of my room. Apart from that, I've seen a couple of spirits, but it has been a long time since. I've experienced anything supernatural. Well... I had sleep paralysis and saw a man uh, standing over my boyfriend, smiling at me. And as I broke out of it, screaming, he dissipated and faded into the background. So maybe that was supernatural. Uh, Shirley was creepy to say the least. Anyway, thanks for reading. If you made it, uh, thanks for reading it. If you made it through this entire email, and I love the podcast. P.S. I almost forgot. That's a succubus, right? Sincerely, <laughs> yes. Dylan. Yes. yes, you're
0: correct. That is a succubus, like to like the perfect T. Yeah, textbook succubus story. Like, I that was wow. a wild ride, Dylan. Wild I, ride. I, I'm like, <laughs> Stephen Dylan, bro. Y'all are <laughs> goodness gracious. Yikes. Like that is just horrifying. You know, succubuses are like the hag on crack. If you will, you know, it's it, it, truly like, they're like an even worse hag, like, cause they don't, they take it th- to the next level and bring the sexual nature into things. And it, you know, it, it's crazy cause you know, it did the whole transformation thing and you read that with succubuses, but I just, I've never met somebody who's genuinely had a succubus experience. And it's weird that it wasn't attached to you necessarily. Like it was attached to the room.
1: So that's the robed figure the robed figure is obviously, in my estimation, a person who summoned at one point in history in that building a succubus mm-hmm. um, because you can summon, incubi, succubi. That is a thing. Um, and even the notion of a robed figure oftentimes brings about a cult and the right. idea of, of, of that kind of practice. So it seems as though, and it's, and it's especially interesting to think that you had long instances with the shadow figure which is very prominent in sleep paralysis stories but to have that figure on one night step forward assume a form that you find pleasing <laughs> right and then you know and ride you as is typical of succubus stories incubus stories those are that's so you can literally find paintings of you know, the demons Absolutely. sitting on yeah. top of people. Yeah. Because that is how <laughs> they operate or, you know, by legend and lore. And a lot of people will be like, well, that's a sleep paralysis notion. That is something that, that is kicking around in your brain. But man, that's that's solid. Could it could mm-hmm.
2: it be that he's just extremely sensitive? Like Dylan's just extremely sensitive to this, uh, to to the paranormal and
0: I mean like he act
2: he it was just he just so lived location in these h- specific specific.
0: Right. that's right is, is, yeah. is
1: the difference in, in in it all is the fact that if he left it di- uh, upon leaving the location the experience wasn't there sure, sure. right you know, that that bridges the gap of you know, Obviously, openness, but also just the presence being particular potent.
2: Yeah, but then the old man, you know, in a completely different house, like looking like you have to be pretty sensitive well, to that, see that. I think is
1: a result of contact, right? You know, once you've once you've had physical contact with any entity, mm. you are you have been opened. You know, you're 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 a shut door until something opens it, and and that then that story seems to be about opening it. But it's then the like, question becomes. Who is the man? Yeah. Know, who, right. Uh, how did how did that play out? And the fact that the man was looking out the window brings about a whole different level of things. The fact that he was blue brings about a whole you know, yeah. you know all of those elements have different connotations depending Makes on sense. what folklore yeah. you're going through. It's yeah. like it's Absolutely.
2: like it's like drinking three beers and then peeing and now you gotta pee a bunch.
0: Right. I guess. Yeah. Sure.
1: That's that's what that reminds me very strange of. analogy, but uh <laughs> just, I will go along with it because I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> breaking the seal.
0: But any, anyways. That's it's called um <laughs> everybody just unsubscribed to us. It's, oh my gosh. Click 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 click, 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 click. Click, <laughs> click. But anyways. Um yeah, I don't think it was necessarily like the succubus like situation. I don't think it was because Dylan was any particularly or like super you know susceptible to it necessarily mm-hmm. what I have heard is that people there are some people in existence and have been around where people find succubus because of the sexual nature of their lore uh, they find them almost like a, a fantasy like mm-hmm. there have been people in history who wanted to have that type of relationship with the succubus it's the same type of people that are like I have intercourse with the ghost of my house or whatever it's the same logic there and so but the thing is is once it's there unless you have somebody to get rid of it it's going to stick around so that's what I feel like he was just in the situation and whoever would have, you know, slept in that room or had that room, I feel like would have had that same experience. It was just the nature of you're in the trap now. Yeah. So it's Absolutely. like
1: Well, that's that's just it, you know, because there, Congress with demons usually comes with um, either benefit or consequence, um, and in in certain situations, what you exchange <laughs> with a demon, whether it be blood or you know. Sexual energy or whatever uh, benefits you in some way. So the question is: Were you dealing with a succubus that was standing, hiding, and waiting, or an entity that basically promised the succubus a a sexual exchange for power beyond the grave? Blah 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 yackety schmackety. There's a lot of a lot of folklore around the idea of. Um, like, like one of the scariest things I've ever heard is the notion that someone can sell your soul. Like someone else mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. actually create a contract that forfeits your soul. Uh, and this is usually done by parents to children. Like the parent of a child can sell the yeah. child's soul. And you, you hear stories about that and it's like, that's diabolical. That's really dark. Yeah. But there are other ways to do it, such as promising your physical body to a succubus and benefiting from that Congress rather than having to do it yourself. Sure. Those kinds of things, story-wise. And again, these are like classic folklore stories. These are like, you know, and, and, and Dylan's story is a, is, is a textbook succubus story. It really yeah. is, it's like, oh, whoa. Uh, he even
2: identified it at the yeah. end. He was like, what? P.S., that's a succubus, right? Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. you are correct. <laughs> and so, because if you Google like, what do succubi do? That's what they do. What so, they do. But, so they but they don't—they don't follow you, though.
2: You got to be in there in their territory. Yeah, you know, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, you could be cursed by with a succubi. I mean, conceptually, that is a succubus attaching to you. But for the most part, it's kind of like the hag in a lot of ways. Right. You know, it's—it's it's an opportunistic demon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's—it—that's uh, it, it, worthy of a deep dive too. Is—is yeah. is incubi. The nature of connective forces, because generally a succubus is considered just a demon. You know that we, we is a straight up sex demon. You know that's what it does. That's, yeah. that's 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 who it is. But there is a lot of lore around them and what they want and what what you lose, <laughs> you sure. know, uh, by by
2: connection. So. And yeah, then, and then, and then, going past the succubus, I thought that the, the the old man staring out the window was way scarier personally. But that's just because your that's, type of horror. That's my type of horror. Like I was picturing, I was picturing like this, like this old, thin, translucent, True. bluish gray man, like looking out the window, almost longing for something, and it was like sad and frightening image. Like I liked it. I thought I, I, I almost want to put that in a movie. I
0: didn't find that scary because I didn't picture the same. Thing I so it's um.
1: well worth noting blue the color blue in ghosts when you see a blue spirit oftentimes that means something has ensnared or entrapped the spirit it is the color of slavery for a ghost so if someone is using some type of magic or some type of ritual to bind a ghost the bonds of that ghost cause it to look blue cause the blue color which. Played into haint blue for a while yeah. okay. was they believed that the color haint blue that they paint is telling ghosts that they'll be enslaved yep. if they come into the building Makes because sense. that color represents spiritual enslavement, meaning you are being utilized by some other force, which harkens back to the idea that the succubus might have been uh, under the um, you know ownership of another spirit sure you know those kinds of things come about and not to say that that's what was happening it's just whenever i hear the blue tinged spirit the blue you know it's a ghost the blue man these things it's like i believe that what you're really dealing with in in those instances is a third party there's mm-hmm. something else at play here and when you come across a ghost that's looking out a window, again. If you go back to stories of, of ghosts looking out windows, it is about the longing of escape. Yeah. It's about the longing of getting out, of go, going away. And then the notion of he's blue, he's looking out the window, it sounds like he's trapped. It sounds yeah. like you might be dealing with just a longing
2: spirit. for freedom or, right. or right. just to get or away. Or just to be get away. Just to get away. They're trapped okay. in the building for it's a lot some more reason. sad than scary now. Yeah. You know, well thanks,
0: Chris. yeah. Well cause <laughs> JT... JT has always said that what he thinks is the most fun with a horror movie is like having a thin, wrinkly, naked person in the corner of your room. Like, that's yeah. that's what he that's thinks crazy. is the scariest. Or
2: staring Jin at you he, through a window.
1: Right. Well, Jin Hee had an experience where she was c- convinced, like, late at night. She lived in, like, an efficiency where her bedroom, there was a, a, an opening, and then it was, like, the dining room kitchen area. Uh, She had an experience where she was coming home, so bedroom, living room, Mm -hmm. kitchen. She comes home, and she just out of the corner of her eyes believes she sees the flank, butt, thigh, and leg of somebody naked scurrying like a rat in the kitchen. No. No. And I was like, "That was one of the scariest things I've ever heard." Yes. <laughs> like, that's frightening. What? And then she was like, "There was nobody in the we house." We should have Jin Hee on. But she just had that moment of yeah, yeah. like, "Oh my
2: god, we should have Jin Hee on." Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like she's she's the bomb. All right, and then the last. Oh, thank you so much, Dylan. That was absolutely frightening. Yeah, um, enthralling, very enthralling. I mean, a couple great you know ghost stories. That was that was that was great. Write us some more if you have them. Um. All right, all right, and we have our last one, which is from Ann Ellis. She recently became a pair junkie. Yay. Uh. Yep. Yep. And um, she sent in photos and a video. Ooh. Dope. Yep. 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 Um. So. So I will show you the photos and I'll read you what it says. Took this pic around three. Oh, by the way, this is at the seventeen hundred ninety. Oh, okay. Um, uh, took this pic around 3 a.m. and captured white mist, and about 20 seconds later saw a large, transparent, yellowish orb the size of a dinner plate crossing slowly in front of the bed. I was deeply touched by it, unable to get a picture. I felt very sad as I knew Anna was present and in pain. This is from Anna's room at the yeah. 1709. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um... President Ann in pain. Uh, would love for you to investigate. I am so impressed by y'all and I'm a new pair junkie. This was taken October 16th this year. Thanks. Thanks, Ann. Yeah. All right. And I'm going to show y'all the photos. Here you go. And again... Real quick, I just want to take a quick break to send us your ghost stories. We will read them on this podcast, and we have a great time doing it. All right. That's true. Yep. Uh, uh, ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com. Boop.
1: That, that bed and breakfast is woefully haunted. <laughs> and, uh, and I've done investigations in 204. Um, well, that
0: doll is awful. Those yes. Gigs. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Why would they put that in there? I'd be like, absolutely not. You can take that back. It's creepy.
2: So what is the mist?
0: Well, that's, I mean, mist is pretty common with um, any kind of, you know, paranormal activity because it's kind of just like the essence of a spirit, if you will. Um, So like, it's like the very last bit of a spirit before they kind of wither away, essentially.
1: Yeah, I always talk about how, the three levels of a spirit, the apparition, the shadow, the mist. Um, with a mist, you're generally at the end. There, mm-hmm. There is no coming back from being a mist. However, where a mist is, is oftentimes so highly charged with supernatural energy that, uh, that other spirits can... Um, it's almost like an indicator, right? That it's kind of kind of the the, the story of orbs. When people talk about orbs, there it's it's a condition of the environment. So a mist basically says that something lingering is present. Uh, usually not any form of intelligence. Usually not any form of interactive. Right. But a mist oftentimes does denote a haunted location it will tell you that there is spirit there there are spirits yeah. available
0: and there could have been a full-bodied apparition right. at, some point, at some point it's just not anymore and
1: interestingly too uh, the mention of a yellow uh, orb orb dinner plate sized orb
0: that is wild. moving
1: very slow it makes me think of a, a um, a candlelight or a, a lantern light being carried. Mm, yeah. You know, you're basically just seeing the glow of the light without seeing the source of the light. Uh, because that is interesting. Uh that size uh orb and if it was visible to the naked eye. Right. You're you're that's not an orb. <laughs> right. You know, that that is some some supernatural vision that you're having. You're seeing something that is being presented, especially moving slowly. Because most orbs are almost like falling stars in a lot of cases. They're, they're, they're utilizing energy to move uh, and to penetrate and to, to, to get up, go. So to see it move very slowly makes me think of a person walking across the room carrying a candle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that you had this emotional output, this, right. this sorrow that comes into it, kind of makes me think of a melancholic scene mm-hmm. of a person alone, Wandering through the room,
0: what I pictured when you described the the orb of sorts, um, I pictured. Remember in the Haunted Mansion, uh, the <laughs> movie with Eddie Murphy, and there's the big blue orb that right. leads the kids to the trunk in the attic and stuff, so that they can figure out that it's uh, the the bride's name, right, or the bride's yeah. um, stuff and whatnot. That's what I pictured. And <laughs> so I was like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, definitely a very interesting experience, though. Uh, for and we, sure. we are
1: trying to gear up to go into the, the 1790. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And again, coming into the slow months, it'll be a lot easier to get in and uh and do some work in there
0: absolutely um but yeah thank you guys so much for sending us your stories uh and your photos and things like that that's always really awesome to see in here and we love seeing and hearing ghost stories obviously so um if you have one please send it to us and we will read it um but that is going to be it for this episode thank you guys again for listening um also, make sure to follow us on all social media platforms under Haunted City Podcast, as well as go check out our blog posts to read more ghostly things in our opinions if you want to hear more of them. You know, uh, you can find it on HauntedCityPodcast.com, which is also where our merch is if you're looking for that, and then also Patreon. If you're looking to get even more content, you can find it on Patreon. So with that, though, uh, my name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all.